Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the YXC Sports Podcast. A big hello to everybody that's watching live on our Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar Facebook page. And I think somebody can give me a thumbs up if this is true, but I think we're live on the YXC Sports Podcast page as well. Wow, there so, we go. Look at look that. that. We're, we're, we're going double live. And, of course, uh, platforms plenty. Yeah, of course, the audio version of this as well. So a big thanks to everybody tuning in. Ray Morrison. Hello. How are you? Uh, good. Our table is suddenly very crowded here for those watching <laughs> on Facebook. We've got uh, there's stuff. I probably, yeah. just, I probably just ruined it all now. Yeah, it's it's out of uh, it's out wow. of place. Look at that. But yeah, uh, golf balls, hockey cards. We are set all to go. How's the weekend? And the bobbleheads here. Uh, the weekend was good because it was uneventful. Perfect. The way I like my weekends. That's <laughs> the way I like my weekends. Uh, no, really good. Got a little yard work done, and then in amongst the rain that came, and so yeah, no, it was uh, it was great. Gearing up for the long weekend, of course. July 1, right around the corner. What did you get up to? I went golfing on Friday. I had a barbecue on Saturday, and that was the extent of my weekend. Now, I'm going to throw a little bit of a curveball at you because uh, I have a a tiny rant to kick off (laughs) the show this week. So uh, I love this city of Saskatoon. I've been in other cities, and something has always drawn me back. The one thing that uh, irks me about the city of Saskatoon, move the train tracks. So, Where did you get caught? Idlewild. Uh, as soon as I was coming here. So, because it's not like anybody has anywhere to be at six o'clock. Now, I also had lunch today yeah. at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar. My yeah. roommate met me here for lunch at about twelve, twelve fifteen. Yep. He ran into a train on Idlewild at that time of day as well. So, uh, the two most uh, the inconvenient train. part it probably was. <laughs> I think I was at my. Uh, I think I was stopped yeah. for about four, four and a half minutes. At the uh, train on Idlewild. Yeah, so, it's uh, tough. I thought, uh, yeah, that and Central Avenue. Yeah, right. Terrible. You get caught there, and it's uh, it's tough sledding for yeah. sure. But so, yeah, yeah, I mean, it just happens at the most convenient times. It's not like anybody. I told has you what to, to do when you run into a train. What do you do? You sing the Johnny Cash. You train sing a Johnny song. Cash train song. It's not that difficult, and then all of your angst goes away as soon as you sing Johnny Cash. I, I told you that. I think uh, it since you were a kid. I don't know why you can't figure this out. I think mine would probably raise, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, loaded show today, uh, starting with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Of course, this news came out last week that the Riders are facing a $10 million deficit if no games are played in 2020 in the CFL. Uh, President and CEO Craig Reynolds said this is the biggest financial crisis in the team's 110-year history. They have a $7 million stabilization fund that will be depleted by the fall if the 2020 CFL season is a no-go. Great cup planning is contributing to this deficit, but also I did some digger deeping or some uh, deeper digging on this, I guess I should say, and $700,000 of that went to the league's operation of the Montreal Alouettes. $676,000. Which I didn't didn't realize until I read that article. Well, they owned owned the team for a good amount of time until, and I... Owners' names escaped me from the steel industry that uh, took over, but boy, do they come in at a tough time, you know, to inherit a franchise with no games in a ticket-driven league coming. That's uh, that's tough for sure. Um, the seven hundred thousand dollars to the twenty twenty Grey Cup, a lot of that can be applied in twenty twenty two when the riders have it. So that's not that big of a concern. But the fact that you know what, you still have operations and staff to pay, and you think about. Canada Day weekend and how many great Canada Day games have been in Regina, you know, for the CFL and now there's not going to be any and yet, you know, there are still bills due. There's still mm-hmm. payrolls to make. There's still 
stadium costs that have to be covered by the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So um, it's it's a concerning time, but it is across the league. Um, you, you know, Craig Reynolds, he did get quite a bit of airtime when he did say, this is the worst crisis this team has faced in its existence in over 100 years. That's, you know, that, that's pretty chilling to hear when you think about me being old enough to remember, you know, the telethons and farmers bringing their grain to the stadium to sell to keep the team afloat, uh, you know, three, four decades ago. Um, yeah, it's, it's a concerning time for sure. Um, but having said that, I think the league is going to find a way. Um, well, if teams have to pay for the Montreal Alouettes to uh, continue to play, then I'm sure that they can chip in if the Saskatchewan Rough Riders need it. But that's well, no, it's yet. not. But it won't just be the, the. I mean, there are other teams that are in just as much dire straits. No, strength, I know. Right, like the community-owned teams. It's ironic because the community-owned teams of Winnipeg, Saskatchewan, and Edmonton, they have the best fan bases in the Canadian Football League, and those are the teams that are kind of up against it a little bit because. Um, they make their money from the community. Yeah. Whereas, you know, as we've talked about before, Bob Young, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, Calgary Sports and Entertainment Group, those are the owners of the, um, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Calgary Stampeders. So there are there are funds and revenue streams there. But for these community-owned teams, it's all basically based on what the team brings in. And as Craig Reynolds said right now, there are new there are no revenue sources with bills due mm-hmm. um, and then the question is in September I mean a lot of leagues are talking about getting going but the difference between the NBA and the NHL and Major League Baseball is the CFL is ticket driven not television driven so how do you go about that and so they'll it's uh, I think the league's going to be okay but it's uh, it's it's a concerning time for sure. I think the riders are going to be okay as is yeah. the CFL. Yep. So let me throw a question at you. Do you think uh you know not to downplay the severity of this 10 million dollar crisis but do you think that uh Craig Reynolds coming out and saying this or the Saskatchewan Rough Riders coming out and saying this is kind of a poke to Randy Ambrosi to say hey we haven't heard what we're doing since 2 months ago in terms well, of how we play. Well you 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 do wonder if there might have been some messaging there. I don't know about that. I wonder, though, if some of these public comments that are being made from people like Craig Reynolds, and there's been comments from some other yeah. people with some other teams, if it's not just a little message to the Players Association, mm-hmm. saying, look, I know you guys are disheartened, but we're, we're in a situation where we have no revenue coming in. We're ticket-driven, and we're not getting our television money right now. Yeah. I do wonder if there's a little bit of messaging yeah, there for, sure. for the benefit of the players to hear more so than more so than Randy Ambrosi. I think I think Randy Ambrosi and the owners, I, and I think I don't know this, but I think they're probably on the same page. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe potentially. Yeah. I have heard uh, that some players are starting to voice their not displeasure, but kind of questioning. Okay, we haven't heard. Yep. Anything, uh, you know, in the past two months or yeah. whatever I guess that. There's been a little bit of conversation going on. Yeah, but uh, uh, between the association and the Canadian Football League, we understand. But uh, apparently, the the conversations aren't all that detailed as of yet. So, yeah. the uh, NHL draft lottery. There's actually a, a plethora of NHL news, if you will. Yeah, the keep NHL- me up to date on this. Okay. This is kind of your this yeah. is kind of your deal. So the NHL draft lottery was held on 
Friday. Yep. It is the seven or the eight teams or whatever it was that didn't make the playoffs, and I put yep. that in quotation marks. So this is how the top five picks break down. The Ottawa Senators will select third and fifth. The Detroit Red Wings got hosed because they draft fourth and they had 17 wins this year, but that's a topic for uh, another day. And the LA Kings will draft second. The first overall selection is going to a placeholder team. So it's going to be one of those teams that loses out in the first round of the play-in round when the NHL gets back to the... So how many teams will be in the running for the... How many teams will be in the running? Eight, I believe. Eight. And they all have an equal 12.5% chance (laughs) at getting that first overall pick. So a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins, Toronto Maple Leafs, or Edmonton Oilers, if they lose out in the first round of the the play-in round, all have a shot at Alexis Lafreniere, the projected first overall pick. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's going to be a difference maker. And it's interesting. I was talking to a friend of mine who works in media in central Canada, and he was saying, you know, if um, the Ottawa Senators can get a player like Lafreniere, then... Their fortunes turn around like that. Yep. You know what I mean? It, it, he can be that much of a difference maker just with regards to, I mean, he's still going to be a young player. His best hockey is probably four seasons away. But just with regards to the existence of that franchise, that's what Lafreniere is going to mean to a team like the Ottawa Senators. So, yeah, you, you look at teams that get <laughs> hosed. I mean, <laughs> a perennial Stanley Cup champion getting, you know, the number one overall pick for not just – this goofy season that we're having in a pandemic, but for seasons to come, yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, a little bit different. I'm not suggesting that this is rigged by any stretch of the imagination, but I have a feeling that the NHL does love the attention that they gained on the weekend. But I don't, well, yeah, but I don't understand why you wouldn't. You know, you're looking for newsworthy things to do. I'd say this, that's this kind newsworthy. of newsworthy. This kind of well, it is, but it opens you to some criticism. Yeah. Why wouldn't you just have the draft? Like, what's yeah. by just saying, look, we're going to have the draft lottery and the draft now. Uh, get it out of the way because nobody's doing anything anyway. You don't have to wait till after the Stanley Cup to, to do that. Yeah. And then you would have had an event in this off season that people could have been talking about with your league for sure. I don't. And I, I'm, there may be a reason for that that I haven't heard of, but I don't understand. I don't understand this tactic of waiting for the first overall pick till after your first round of your revised playoff format is done. Yeah. yeah. One more thing to note about the NHL draft lottery. Should the NHL not end up playing the playoffs yep. this summer, then the eight teams that are in the play-in round uh, that weren't originally going to be in the playoffs, I think those eight teams uh, will have a chance at the first overall pick. And today, uh, what is today, June 29th? Yes. Today uh, we thought that there might be uh, the Hub City announcements, uh, but no. Not it's not. No. Nope. So they had an announcement to say that they weren't going to make the announcement today, <laughs> but potentially later this week. But Toronto and Vegas is that what we're? Still uh, that's thinking? what we're thinking. Maybe Edmonton, but then you wouldn't have Edmonton in Vegas. You'd need a Eastern Conference hub city. So maybe Edmonton and Toronto. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not the one making the decision, so that's all I care about. Yeah. Uh, Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar is now open for business. You can in- in now enjoy their classics like chicken tenders, the Wendell Burger, and the best fries in the business. And new to Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar is delivery. That's right. You can now have Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar come to you. The best part? Delivery is free on orders over $30. And you can check their Facebook page for delivery specials that will be coming soon. Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar on the corner of Circle and Idlewild. You can call 306-382-1717. What did you have for lunch today? I had the uh, Captain Crunch wrap. Oh, yeah. I've heard good things. I've never had it, but I hear good things. Yes, and I am going to be one of those people that uh, says good things about it because it was delicious. Awesome. Uh, Keeping uh, One more note. Um, I can't tell you this 
Now, this is supposed to be your thing, by the way, this whole podcast, <laughs> webcasting. This is supposed to be all you, <laughs> but I've got some news that you don't even have. Oh, wow. Next week, we got a new sponsor coming on board. <laughs> but I can't tell you Good much more than that until next week. All right, well, there you go. I'm excited. So. Just you, as you should as be. You are. I am. You should incredibly. be. Uh, speaking of the NHL or keeping up with the NHL, of course, the training facilities have been open since June the 8th for phase two of their return to play plan. Yep. Uh, now, keep in mind, and I kind of want to stress this a little bit, but uh, this is optional. This phase two is optional okay. to, to go to. So with that in mind, 15 players have tested positive for COVID-19 since phase two. Uh, facilities opened up they have done in excess of 1450 tests so now the players that the 11 players that tested positive for COVID-19 last week yeah uh, that was considered outside of phase two protocol so they came back to the training facilities and then tested so the information positive. I have 15 players returned a positive test for COVID-19 of more than the 250 who have reported for phase two yeah I took this right out of the NHL oh, okay uh, okay the there NHL's thing so 250 players reported to training facilities for the optional participation. Okay. Is what I got. But either way. Yeah. Uh, so, with these numbers, because I'm always up for a good debate, uh, with these, keeping these numbers in mind, do you still think that uh, having a end of July start date is uh, reasonable? I don't. I, you know, and, and all you have to do is turn on Fox News or CNN or MSNBC to see. The cases in the U.S. are just going through the roof. Okay, so they what if really it was two Canadian hub cities? But then you're bringing a bunch of players in across the border to hunker well, down. I'm just trying to be the positive no, one. No, I know. No, I know. Everybody wants <laughs> to see sports. I get it. We're 30 days away from the start of the NBA season. The yep. players are quarantining down. The Toronto Raptors are at least quarantining down in Fort Lauderdale already. Mm-hmm. So they've started their, their quarantine. The season starts in a month. Training camps are going to start soon. I think the Raptors have... What did I hear on Overdrive on TSN Radio today? The Raptors have eight regular season games left okay. before they start sort of their, their playoffs. Um, I, I just think with the numbers going up as they are, to have any discussion about athletes crossing the border. And again, these athletes are assets to these owners. They're worth a lot of money. Um, it's it's I, I, I don't know. If you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have said maybe. But I just these numbers have just gone through the roof in the United States, mm-hmm. if the reports are true. And um, that being said, I, I, you know, again, I, I wonder about the validity of getting baseball or NBA basketball or the NHL underway, and is it, is it, is it worth it? Well, and it sounds to me like at least with the MLB and the NBA, and I haven't heard the NHL talk about this, but it sounds like if a player is uncomfortable with returning, they don't have to to return yeah. there was a mlb pitcher mike leak for the arizona diamondbacks that had already uh said that he was going to opt out of uh the 2020 okay. season there's been a couple yep. of nba players that said they are going to opt out of the uh mlb season which we'll get to in just a second so you know i would think that if an nhl player wasn't comfortable enough yep. they could probably opt out of of the season yeah. i would think Okay. So that's just me. Uh, speaking of the MLB, like we said, it is returning. It seemed like uh, it was never going to return, and then just with the snap of a finger, it did return. So there will be a 60-game season. Camp starts July 1st, which is this week. July 23rd or 24th is when the season will begin. So here's uh, how that will break down. There will be a universal DH amongst the yep. AL and the NL. The trade deadline will be August 31st. 
and in extra innings for any game that goes to extra innings in the regular season, a runner is going to start on second base to help speed up the like process. Like Little League Baseball. Should, yeah, there you go. So, which a lot of people don't like that, but I kind of like that. Well, it's exciting, right? Yeah. Because, you know, a base hit scores a run. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, and, and you know what? It's just such a strange time now. We are eventually going to look back at 2020, no matter what it is in life, and go, that was 2020, right? So mm-hmm. and this will be one of those things in sports where you put a runner at second base and a base hit could potentially score a run. Yeah. It's, it, 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 uh, it is interesting. The Toronto Blue Jays uh, will work out at the Rogers Centre. They mm-hmm. will start at the Rogers Centre. And Doug Ford is apparently waiting for approval from the feds to see if the Blue Jays can play in yeah. Toronto. So that's the situation with the one Canadian team in Major League Baseball is they can they can start their workouts there, but we don't know if teams are going to, like, you know, can it, the Florida Marlins, can the Tampa Rays, can they come across the border for, you know, a, a four-game series? That's a little risky, I think. I was looking at our podcast stats a couple days ago, and I realized on some of our episodes we've had listeners from California. So for all the California listeners, if, that's they, right. if they are – all uh, of them. Yeah, for all, all 1%. But anyways, 1%. if any of them are San Francisco Giants... You know, let me finish? Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. If any of them are <laughs> San Francisco Giants season ticket holders, for $99, you can get a cardboard cutout of yourself and be put in the stands for San Francisco Giant home games because they can't oh, there have you any go. fans in the stands. Wow. So. That's a good way to afford your seat. Yeah, exactly. There you go. That's a cost-cutting uh, Cam way. Newton signed a one-year deal with the New England Patriots over the weekend. It, Did this, you see Pat McAfee on this? No, I you, didn't. You, fit, you finish, and then I'll tell you. Okay. This was great. Yeah, that's basically all I was going to say. It's a one-year deal. Yep. Uh, he could make up to $7.5 million. It sounds like it's incredibly incentive-based. Yeah. And the funny part about this is just after or just before the Cam Newton signing yesterday, the NFL slapped the New England Patriots with a million-dollar fine oh, yeah. and a forfeit of the 2021 third-round draft pick for the whole uh, video gate scandal, which they clearly have done before and they just don't learn. Anyways, go ahead. Pat McAfee was going on about how some other teams could have had their crack at Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. You know, the L.A. Chargers could really yeah. – and it, at one time, it looked like Cam Newton might be on his way to the Chargers, which re- reinvigorate that franchise. you got a former MVP there. And then – um, Nick Foles gets moved to Chicago, right? Mm-hmm. So Jacksonville might have taken a run. And everybody thought, well, he must be going to Jacksonville. No? Yeah. And the whole time, and you got to look at this rant, Pat McAfee on YouTube, <laughs> talking about um, Bill Belichick. Yeah, we just hope that Jared Stidham can be our guy. <laughs> the whole time knowing that he was going to make a play for for the former MVP. Uh, yeah, yeah we're, we're really counting on Jared Stidham. <laughs> yeah, we, we, you know, we, we think Jared Stidham could really be the answer. Yeah, Jared Stidham is. And, there's just, and he does this rant on it, and it's absolutely hilarious. Um, but uh, the one thing about uh, Cam Newton going to that for that little money, a million dollars isn't a lot of money, um, it certainly keeps them in the mix. Yep. Like if he can return to form and think about how Bill Belichick has set up the New England Patriots to keep uh, one of the older quarterbacks in the league upright and healthy, you know, you can do that with Cam Newton, who's had a few injuries but yep. still is probably more mobile than Tom Brady now. He could really be, be onto something. So it keeps them in the mix at least where Jared Stidham probably 
Wouldn't have. And that's uh, one of the things that I read today. What is offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels and head coach Bill Belichick going to do with Cam Newton? Because they've kind of had a, a pocket passer yep. in Tom Brady for the past 20 years, whereas, you know, Cam can can stand in the pocket and, and, and rip the ball. But, you know, he can also use his legs to make plays as well. So it'll be interesting to see how the offense changes under Cam Newton. McAfee was also talking about those that were speculating that a, a destination for a guy like Cam Newton might have been Cleveland. Mm. They do have Baker Mayfield, and he's very good. But has he played to his potential yet? Is he going to get to his potential? Can he learn something from a guy like Cam Newton? So this this Pat McAfee thing on YouTube, you really have to watch it. It's it's pretty funny. you got to yep. watch uh, comedian Frank Caliendo's impression of Bill Belichick. Yeah, because oh, it's it great. Is, it yeah. is spot on. Uh, one more quick note before we wrap up the show for today. The CEBL, the Canadian Elite Basketball League, will resume play July 25th in St. Catharines, Ontario. Of course, that'll act as a hub city, so all seven teams will be uh based out of and play in St. Catharines. July 15th is when training camp will kick off. It is a 26-game, they're calling it a summer tournament series. Yeah. Something along those so lines. Like a, for a month? Yeah. yeah. Each team plays uh, each other once, and then the top six teams will be seeded into a bracket, yeah. and they'll kind of just play down from there. The championship game is slated for August the 9th. Uh, what I'm really interested to know about the Canadian Elite Basketball League is if they still get the TV deal. Because they had that locked on. I think they right? do. Okay. I think I read in a news release that their conversations with CBC continued. So they'll pro- probably put some games on in the afternoon on the weekends. And yep. The network will pick up, and then um, and then they will stream some of the others. So, yeah. Making some great strides there, yep. considering that they're only in their second year of existence. And then you throw in a uh, worldwide pandemic in the mix, and they're still taking strides to to make sure that they raise the league to and the congratulations next level. to my friends at sas tell center i heard right great yes. th- i didn't get to any of them but i heard some great things about the brett kissel concerts raising money for the learning center and the food bank in saskatoon and cars pulled up and i have to explain to some people what a drive-in used to be like like <laughs> when we were a certain age right what this age? was exactly the same thing there's a big screen you pulled up you turned your radio on the and you heard the concert what age was that yeah <laughs> yours have you ever been to a drive-in no See? There you go. I don't, yeah, I just, they weren't around, I guess. Stick with me, kid. I'll show Um, you the world. Sure you will. I think that pretty much wraps the, which is a very scary thought. Uh, I think that wraps things up for this week's edition of the YXE Sports Podcast. So a big thank you to everybody that uh, tuned in on the Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar Facebook page. Of course, they are now open for business, and they are kicking off delivery as well. And a big thanks to everybody that tuned in on the YXE Sports Podcast Facebook page. If you like the podcast, make sure to give uh, our Facebook page and our friend at Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar's Facebook page a like. Uh, of course, you can catch this on all your favorite streaming devices, and we have a good Canada Day long weekend. I know a lot of people have a short, abbreviated work week, myself included. Yep. So I'm very excited about that. Stay safe, have fun this weekend, this long weekend, and we will talk to you next week.